Yo, what is up? This is Daniel Safer, and you're listening to another episode of Fitness Frameworks. These last couple of years, my health and fitness have been a big part of my life. I've spent tons of time testing, failing, learning, and iterating on my nutrition and exercise plan with the help of mentors. The real question has been, as a busy professional, how can I develop a sustainable fitness lifestyle where I prioritize my health, but I do not let it consume my life? This podcast is here to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I keep learning to apply and share fitness frameworks that help me achieve my health goals. My name is Daniel Safer, and welcome to Fitness Frameworks. So today we have another podcast interview, and the reason I'm so excited for this one is because the person I brought on is what I've referred to as a couple times in the interview, a no BS person. The reason that's so important to me is because to be honest there's just a lot of of false information out there in the world and i felt that early on i would fall into these ideologies that i had to take supplements to be able to get results or i had to eat a certain diet or a certain manner just to be able to lose weight and i failed and wasted so much time trying these different things So when I have people on my podcast, I am super excited because they're able to really say how it is. They just spit out the actual facts and they have the actual ideas and understandings and fundamental, you know, the scientific principles to be able to back it up. So in this episode, we dive into some of those things along with some of the things that make us human of not being perfect and how do we deal with that. So I hope that you get a lot from this episode. So let's get into it. I'm excited because today... We will be hearing from someone who is not only a certified personal trainer, an athlete, competitive bodybuilder, and has been putting in the work to get his master's in exercise science, but he has helped many high performers like yourself become the fittest guy in the office. What I love about today's guest and why I reached out to bring him on is because he is a no BS guy and shoots it how it is because that is how you actually get results as a high performer. Anyways, I'm excited to have Adam Picorero on here with me. Adam, thanks for being here. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Super excited to have you on here because your experiences with high performers, busy professionals, entrepreneurs, people who are just crushing it. And that's the exact people that we're trying to reach here. And before you start diving into all the amazing things that you're going to tell us about that, I want to get a little more into your story. So, how did you get into fitness? I actually got into fitness because I was not fit at all. So I was a fat kid. I, I was I was not obese, um, but I, I was well on my way, I think. Um, so I, I was always like severely bullied and like made fun of for my weight. And I was never into sports, um, not because I didn't want to be, but just because I just didn't do it. I don't I don't know. Um, my, my mom worked a lot. And so I, I wasn't able, she wasn't able to take me to these uh, practices and games and stuff. So I never played sports when I was a kid, so I just ate and read books. So um, uh, that that yeah, that was basically what contributed to that. But um, I just got tired of it, and I I lost weight the, the unhealthy way. I did tons and tons of cardio. I didn't eat much. I, sometimes I would just eat cereal. That's all. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I lost it, but it wasn't sustainable. So I I didn't gain it back, but I just I would yo-yo a bit. So I would, I would lose the weight and be like, kind of, I would just, I was just kind of skinny fat. And then I would like gain it, gain a bit back. And then I would, and I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to describe because I was a kid. So like, you don't really know, you don't really notice like when you're 
your body's changing anyway. So I, I just like felt like I was too, too skinny, but still had fat. So like, it's like, it's that skinny fat stage and then I hit high school. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to play sports. I don't care if I suck. Um, I got into soccer it was horrible. Like the worst player on the team, um, never got better. <laughs> and, uh, I did track as well. I'm, I'm, I was slow. I'm not, I'm not a runner and I hated it. I just did it for the social aspect because everybody did it. Um, that kind of made me feel like an athlete, even though I wasn't. Um, and then, yeah, in college, I, I really started working out. Like I started working out when I played soccer, but soccer players in high school, they don't really work out. Like you go to the gym, but just doing random stuff. So, um, in college, I, I started actually working out, um, cause I majored in exercise science and nutrition <clears throat> and nutrition. And, um, so I still wasn't really, I was, I still probably wasn't really doing everything right, but at least I had more of an education and I was trying to implement the things that I was learning. But, um, yeah, I, after I got my degree, I, I started my master's degree and then that's when I started competing. So I came to Montreal five years ago and I, I, I think I started competing the, the, after the first year. So four years ago. Gotcha. No, that's an awesome story because what I love about it is you definitely went through that gradual transition, right? Like over time, you're able to learn a little more. Sounds like you're able to apply it to be able to finally get to a stage where, all right, now you're getting serious about it and you're getting into competitive bodybuilding and you're becoming a trainer and all of that good stuff. But I would like to think back and was there a more pivotal time across that journey that you're like, okay, if you're to look back, this is probably when I really started to get serious about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I was always decently serious about it, but I also, I like food and I like to eat. So like, sometimes I would just be like, I don't really care. I'm going to eat all these cookies. So, um, I think the, the first, I mean, I, I still do that. It's, it's fine if you do that once in a while, but, um, I think the, the, the time when I actually started caring about it was when, around when I started competing because it's not, it's not enough to just work out. It's like, you have to actually have some discipline. So, and I struggle with that too, though. I, I did, I had never had that level of discipline. I don't think I, I still think that I don't have it. So I just, I kind of just, you have to switch. It's a mental block. So you have to switch your mind over. Um, but I also never thought that I could win a show or, or like do well in a show. So that was, that was another thing. Like if you think that you're not going to, then you're not going to. And that level at that level, when you're competing, uh, like for the stage, it's, it's a different, it's a different mindset and a different level of fitness. It's really not fitness. It's, it's not, it's not healthy. It, top level athletes are not healthy or they, they may be healthy, but they don't do healthy things. So anytime you want to win something, you're going to have to do some, some things that go against health in general. So that restriction that, uh, like bro science kind of thing, just eating, five different foods it's it takes a toll on your body especially or mostly on your mind though at at the beginning so like when you're when you're dieting down like that it's like you're you're lethargic your your mood changes you just it sucks you you hate everything so you have to find a way to to make it you have to remember why you're actually doing it yeah if it were easy everyone would be doing that um so i want to touch on a couple of things that you said that i actually found interesting um so you talked about discipline and how sometimes you kind of have to turn it back on because you feel like you weren't or in your past, maybe you weren't as disciplined or whatever that is. What is 
some tips or what are some things that you've been able to develop over time that allow you to kind of turn the discipline back on? Um, I, it's just going back to that. Why are you doing this? It's, it's stupid to say like, oh, you're going to fix everything by, by going back to your why. Everybody says go back to your why. That doesn't actually work. You have, to fi- you have to figure out like, yeah, yes, why am I doing this? But it's like, what do you see when you think of that? Like, why, why do I want to, to compete? Like, what do you see in your head? Like, are you just on a stage doing whatever you want? Or like, is it for promotion? Is it going to further your career? What do you see? Like, you want that trophy that's going to do everything for you because you've never won anything in your life. Like, just think about something deeper than, than what, why am I doing this? Cause I, cause I want to do a bodybuilding show. Okay. So what's the point of that? You know, like you kind of have to dig deeper. And I think that's what that crosses over into business and crosses over into everything. So um, like, for example, social media, like I, I, I started on social media and I built, I'm, I'm good at building platforms, but I was never really good at um, utilizing them correctly. So like I would build a platform and I'd be like, okay, well now what, what do I do with this? Because I didn't know what I wanted. I was just building. And I was just like, I want to be a personality. Okay. Well, what's, what do you want to do with that? <laughs> yeah. You, you, you just have to figure out what the whole point is. You got to be an Instagram model, man. That's the thing now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't do anything. Just be a, just, just post some pictures. <laughs> so I really like that point because like you said, people just say, think about your why, but what you're basically alluding to is like, really think about your why, become more introspective, maybe write things down, some sort of journaling to actually understand and be intentional about the things that you do. Does that kind of seem like what you were trying to say? Yeah. And I, I'm also not great about um, articulating. So I'm glad that you articulated that better than I did. Um, yeah. Journaling is, is one of the things that I, that helps me a lot. My podcast helped me a lot because I think it, it forced me to, to have to articulate these things um, intelligently. <laughs> and and in, in, whereas in a, in my journal, I can scribble whatever I want and it makes sense to me because it's or my organized chaos in there. But I think um one, one or both of those things are good, speaking and uh, journaling. Awesome. And again, I want to take it a little bit more back because when you're telling me about your story, you talked about how before you would have more of these binges where you just go all out. And you mentioned something very important, that we're human, we're not perfect. Like those are going to happen. It's okay. It's just more about maybe limiting them or controlling them. So it's not like this month of just going all out. And the reason I say that is because that's something that I struggled with. As you said that, I resonated with that, man. Like I felt you, I, I've been the guy that gets the Oreo box and downs them in a day or two. And I'm like, Oh, what I do. Right. So there's a lot of people that struggle with that. What is a piece of advice that you would like to offer or mentality or whatever it might be that can help them at least get a different, different perspective on that or overcome that type of obstacle? Well, I, I, I really struggled with, with like the binge eating and, and like disordered eating when, especially because I, it, I think it all started really when I was, when I started competing. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is why I don't recommend it to anyone. If that's what you want to do, if you if you have aspirations for the stage, like to do it multiple times, then do it, but it's not a one-time thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I had a lot of problems with that and I don't really have a, a legitimate answer. I think that the best thing that I do is I don't keep things in the house like that. I, if I want cookies and I want to go slam six cookies, I will, I'll go buy them, but I won't have like a box of Oreos in the house because I'll eat all of them. So that's like a one-time thing. Like if I want it, I go out and get it. And, and I do, I still make that mistake all the time. You're never going to be perfect. And that's what I always like to stress because 
I like last, I think last week, for example, I went grocery shopping and I bought, I, I know that I can't be trusted with peanut butter. I know that I can't have, um, I don't know what else did I buy? Like something really stupid, like I, like enough, enough ingredients to make cookies. And so I, I made like two dozen cookies. They're obviously all gone. So when I do things like that, I know what's going to happen and I do it anyway. So I'm not really mad at myself. Cause I'm like, I, you knew what was going to happen. So, um, that's, that's also important not to get mad at yourself because you're, I don't know how to better say this, but you're, you're like the only person that you have, <laughs> you're, you're stuck with yourself. So if you're constantly getting mad at yourself and like scolding yourself for all the things that you're doing to yourself, then it's a vicious cycle of, I don't know, doom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the downward spiral. That's what I like to call it. Cause it's just like yeah. bad action after bad action. And you feel like you're just out of control. Right. Yeah. So what it sounded like is you're alluding to starting to develop some self empathy there, because like what I've heard before, it's like, you know, if you saw, if your friend was doing that, how would you talk to them? And it'd probably be more like a, like more supportive role. But whenever you see yourself doing that, you tend to kind of beat yourself down, right? It's more like you become your biggest critic. Um, So I don't know if that's something you've noticed, but if it is, what are, I don't know, just what are your thoughts on that? Well, it is. Yeah. You, you will always be your biggest critic. And I, I don't actually go about that, go about it that way with friends. I think with friends, I'm, I use humor and everything, but I'm not joking, you know, like, like some, like sometimes, but if it's like a friend is doing something stupid, I will say it in a way like, actually, can I, what, what kind of podcast is this? Is this a PG podcast or? Fuck no. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'd be like, get your shit together. What the fuck are you doing? Like, like, uh, I, I wouldn't be, I would, I would just do it in a funny way, but I'm not joking. I want them to get this shit together. So, um, yeah. And I, I kind of, I would talk, to, I still talk, I talk to myself like that now mm-hmm. because I know how I operate, but before it was bad. Like, you know, like you're, when you're talking to yourself, like your worst, your worst enemy doesn't even talk to you, talk to you like that. So it's, it's, um, it, it's powerful, even though people like people say that and you don't really believe it until it actually happens to you. And, and then, and then you're on the other side and you're like, Oh, maybe I should have listened to that 50 year old and instead of saying that they're <laughs> that, that that's not going to happen to me. Yeah, no, I like, I like that perspective, man. Um, I, you understand how you communicate with yourself. So, you know, even if it's not, even if it's a little rougher, if it works for you, that's, it, it's all about that self-awareness in the end. Right. Exactly. So now I want to take it back, back to your story. I know I'm jumping all over the place, but there's still something interesting there. Um, you said, over time, gradually you start learning more about nutrition. You got pretty serious when you got into bodybuilding, but then you said maybe you might have developed some uh, unhealthy behaviors there, some bad relationships with food. So now, tell me that transition off of bodybuilding to where you are now, where it's more this, you know, like this fitness lifestyle instead of this thing that literally consumes your life. Yeah, and it's it's not like I, I have to say it's not. I don't have this balanced perfect relationship with food. I don't, I don't think anybody really does, even the people preaching it. It, it happens to everybody. I, I just want to highlight that fitness professionals probably more frequently than general population. And it's because of that. It's because we've been through all the stages and some people are currently in those stages that they're preaching against, which is fine because it's, it's their knowledge that they're giving to other people. And we don't do the things that we know are best for us or we don't take our own advice. So that's, that's fine. I don't knock people for doing that because I did the same thing. I was still coaching people and I was 
going home and eating an entire cheesecake and then not eating the next day. Or I would just mm-hmm. slam a bunch of, um, I don't know, I would just do a bunch of cardio or I, I knew that these things were not what I should be doing and I would preach against that and then I would do it to myself. So, um, and I don't think anybody really knows the extent to what it, like my, my, my friends who compete, they, they do, but it's like, why would I tell people the entire extent? Because it's, it's so stupid. It, it really like, why would you go home and eat an entire cheesecake anytime? But, and I, I did that on my birthday uh, last year, actually also, or actually this year, because my birthday is in January. So this past January, I, um, a girl that I was seeing, I, I made me a cheesecake for my birthday and I eat, I eat, I just sat down and I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't slice it. I just ate it. Dude, and, that's, that's the best compliment, I, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, it was obviously good, but I, um, I just, in my head, I don't know what I was thinking. I was just like, just keep eating. And so I would eat, that would be my cue. I would eat until my head started hurting. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, and it's, I'm laughing because it's not like it, it didn't turn. I'm at this stage. It's not going to turn into anything. It was just like a stupid thing that I did. So that's also important to re- to make that distinction. Is this, are you doing some, are you being stupid or are you be, is this a problem? So if you're being stupid, that's fine. Move on with your life after that. If it's a problem, then that's something that needs to be addressed right now. And if you have an eating disorder or like an eating, just a, a really bad relationship with food, it's something that needs to be fixed. So it's not something that is just going to go away. Gotcha. So it sounds more like you're comparing if it's a truly a rare occasional type of thing as opposed to this bad day like this cheesecake day is going to turn into a bad week that ends up turning into a bad month where you're just like probably if not back to where you were where you started and you killed all the progress like even worse than where you started and then that's that's basically the yo-yo dieting that people go through right right and I, at the beginning i don't think you'll realize that you, you, don't, you won't be able to recognize that but after a couple of times, that's, that's the pattern. If it starts to fit a pattern, then it's a problem. And that goes with nutrition and it goes with exercise too. If you're, if you're killing it on cardio every single day, because you think that that's going to erase what you did, like any, I don't know, if you think that that's going to do something, that's also a form of, um, that's also a, a disorder. It's, it's not, it's not normal to, to, to be obsessive about anything. Yeah. So looking back, definitely, I did have those times where if I did like eat the cheesecake for the day, the next day, I, like you said, I would eat a lot less and I would go run as much as I can do as much cardio. Like literally I just fit the description of, of what you talked about. So what is something that if someone who's going through that, what mindset can they implement that will allow them to move forward in the correct direction? That's hard to say because every it's a case by case kind of thing. So I would never say like keep those things in the house just eat a little bit because they're not going to, or maybe they will. Maybe it'll work for somebody. But um, I think what helped, like, honestly, what helped me was was just doing that. Just just keeping only healthy quote unquote things because that's also subjective. What things that I deemed healthy for myself, I would keep those in the house, and then I would go and get my favorite cookies, or I would get whatever, you know, like, and it's, it becomes something that you're like, okay, well, I had that. It's let's move on. It's, it's, it becomes like, it's like if you're your parents, when you're growing up, they tell you, you can do something. You're like, all right. And then if they tell you, you can't do something, that's really what you want to do. And you will do that. So, um, yeah, I think you kind of have to treat, we're all kids. So you have to, you have to treat yourself like a little kid. 
Yeah, I like that strategy. It's very preventative, right? Because, like, again, self-awareness comes into play. You know that you're going to binge on the cookies or you know that you're going to binge on that peanut butter. So you're like, all right, well, I won't have it there. But I'm going to allow myself the opportunity to go get it really whenever I want. And because you allow yourself that opportunity, you, you use it more sparsingly as opposed to this is a bad food. So I'm going to consume as much as I can today. And then tomorrow I'll get back on track. Right. And that, that making foods good and bad is the worst thing you can do because there's no good and bad food. It's, it's the, the poison is always in the dose. So if you're, if you're having a ton of it, then yeah, it becomes bad, but it's not a bad food. <laughs> so can we talk a little bit more about that? Right. Because that's something that for, I also struggle with that. Like the bad foods, I was like, stay away. But the times that I would consume them, I just went all out for a long period of time. So what is the right mentality to take when it comes to foods then? Well, I mean, it depends on what, what kind of foods you're talking about, right? Because if you're having a marshmallow, what is that, like 50 calories? But it's trash. It's empty. It's, I mean, it's not, there are no empty calories. Every a calorie is a calorie. But um, what is that, like 50 calories of sugar? So you take 50 calories of sugar or you can take 50 calories of broccoli. Depends on what you're, what you're eating. But at the same time, are you, is, is, is a couple marshmallows going to kill you? No, because it's a couple, max a couple hundred calories. Whereas if you're having like, I don't know, I don't know, an, an entire, like an entire rotisserie chicken, like that's also probably not the best thing to do. That's a ton of fat. That's a, you know, like it's, it's a ton of protein, but like, it just depends on like, there's, it's, there's so many ways to look at this. Like what is, what is clean eating? Like if you have a rotisserie chicken, it's just a chicken, right? You're not adding anything to it. The skin makes the, uh, is, is where the fat comes from. People don't understand what organic like organic has the same nutrient contents as conventional. It's not any better. That's the people go with the pesticide thing. Organic still uses pesticides. They're organic, whether they're organic or not. Um, Superfoods don't exist. It's like blueberry is just a fruit. <laughs> um, so like, I, I, I think I'm probably straying around away from your original question, but this is, these are things that people don't think about because they don't want to think about them. They want people to tell them like, this is how it is. And then they accept it. But those are always, and I'm, I'm saying hundred percent of the time, there's nobody fit who's going to tell you these things. Um, it's always the people who are, who are out of shape. They're on the couch eating Pringles and they're on the internet telling me or like any other fitness professional that they're wrong because organic is better. But let's, let's compare the two and see what, <laughs> see if like, I don't know why they believe these things, the things that they believe, but um, I don't even honestly remember the, the, the original question because I, I can go on a, like, <laughs> multiple tangents with this area. of. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think what, what it seems to me that you're saying is, you know, if you label food as good and bad, it's more like a switch. But what you're, I think what you're trying to get to is you want to label it more like a spectrum of nutrition, right? So there's foods that might be, more nutritious and more aligned with your goal that you're trying to hit the macronutrients that you want and foods that would be less aligned with your goals that you're trying to hit and the macronutrients or micro and macronutrients that you want. Right. Yeah. That, that's actually where I was going with that. So um, yeah, like a blueberry would, would be able to, you'd be able to hit your macros and you'd, you'd get your micros, you get, you get a lot of good um, beneficial things from a blueberry. But if you had those marshmallows in there, you're still going to hit your carb goal. So if you have a couple of them, is that really going to kill you? No. So I like labeling things like labeling sugar, good or sugar, bad and blueberries, good. Blueberries are also carbs. They're also sugar. So like, it's, it's just under, understanding people are not, 
educated and they don't want to be is the problem. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that because I, I, I grew up with the, the mainstream education. So for example, in my household, if the thing had light, lean, diet, um, anything like locale, it's like, ooh, that's healthy, you know? So I was like, yo, like I was pounding down lean pockets like three a day because, man, lean pockets are healthy. It's not hot pockets. They're lean. So obviously, <laughs> you know, it's a lot better. Yeah, so, and that's but like some, some of those things are actually more calories than like actual fast food. Like an organic chocolate bar, it's the same thing. Actually, it's, it's a little bit more than a Reese's, for example. Or like the organic Reese's. I don't remember what they're called, like Justin's or something. Those are like, if, if, if they're not the same, they're a little bit more than a Reese's. So just because something's organic or says lean or whatever, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a marketing ploy. Yeah, so to, to your previous point, it's, it's about really understanding the macronutrients that that food item would be able to provide for you and how it fits in the realm of your goals. Exactly. Cool, man. So I want to take a step back. Like we said, you help high performers, busy professionals become the fittest people at their office. And I think I want to figure out a couple questions there that might be able to help people out that are listening to this podcast. So one question that I want to ask is, what is a common myth that you would like to debunk right now that high performers, busy professionals, entrepreneurs have when it comes to health and fitness? Well, we only have an hour, so I don't know if, how, many, how many I can fit into that because <laughs> uh, it's, it's a lot. Um, and you'd think that people would know by now in 2020 that these things are not real, but it's, it's been per- they've just been perpetuated by um, irresponsible fitness authority or fitness influencers. They're not authorities. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, I don't know, like the, the probably one of the worst ones is spot treating. So like thinking that you can spot treat fat. So losing belly fat or losing, um, I don't know, women want to lose their, like tone their, their, their glutes or inner thighs or whatever. That's not a thing. First of all, toning is not also not a thing. Um, but, but spotting spot retreat, spot reducing fat is not going to happen. And I don't know why I actually just made it. This is funny that I'm talking about this because I made a LinkedIn post yesterday about this. Um, and it's, I just don't understand the, the logic behind that. Like what, why would it, why would one food or one, uh, exercise just target that, that body part. And then the rest of your body just stays fat. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> so that's the number one, I think. Gotcha. No, I, I've definitely heard that one a lot as well. And usually uh, I just send them like a YouTube video that I found that explains it well. I'm like, look, just look at this. They'll explain how you, your body actually processes or, or starts to lose fat all around, not just in a specific spot. Exactly, yeah. Cool. And from your client's experience, what do you say is the hardest part or what do they most struggle with when it comes to integrating fitness into their busy lifestyle? I think it's consistency is the thing that most people struggle with because they, professionals always put their work before themselves. Um, and then it's like work family themselves. Um, so yeah, I think it's like the consistency, like people will be like, Oh, but I, I had a busy day. So that's why I didn't eat half of the calories that you told me to, or the opposite. Like I had a bad week. That's why I went completely over. So yeah, I mean, I get with the food, it's, it's hard to, to calculate and hard to like hit those macros every time. 
but like the workouts just do them I, I don't understand like the I, I I've never really gotten that part of it I, I can identify with people on the on the food part but like if the workout just do half of it in the morning half of it at night if, you, if it's a problem if time's a problem or like 15 minute blocks like you, you you just need to do it I don't care how you do it and that's what I tell them I don't care what you do just do the workout <laughs> yeah so I mean what that seems to me is like they just have to learn how to start prioritizing health, right? Because it's got to be something that, you know, if you make the time for it, if you prioritize, then other things will still fit into place. I think there's like a common idea or a, a myth, shall I say, right? That, you know, when you look at your day, it looks like it's all busy, it's all full of things, but you wouldn't be able to fit in like an hour worth of something unless you actually just fit in the hour worth of something because you prioritize it and then you build your day around that. Yeah. And I, I do the same thing with other things. I mean, with, with fitness, I, I get that now. Maybe it's like, I don't know, my, my podcast, for example, I will, I'll put off um, editing a podcast first of all, cause I hate editing. Um, and, <laughs> or, or I'll be like, I don't, have, <laughs> I don't have an hour to just sit and do nothing. Like I've already listened to this podcast. I don't want to do it again. You know, like I, I, I'll, I'll also do those things in my head, but it's like, go back to why, like, what the fuck you're even doing? Like, what, what is the point of your podcast? Well, I want brand awareness. I want to talk to entrepreneurs. I want to get my message out there. Okay, well, go edit the podcast. <laughs> All right. So as I mentioned in the beginning, you're a no BS guy. What would you change? Well, of course, I'm sure there's lots of things, but what is the one thing that you would change about the health and fitness industry right now? I would get rid of all the idiots who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> it needs to be regulated. If you don't have an education, then you shouldn't be talking about nutrition and exercise science, like or any type of exercise, um, or at least be regulated, uh, or at least be like, like, you know, the, the ads on Instagram, they have to hashtag ad. You should have to hashtag not advice or whatever, <laughs> like, like <laughs> hashtag opinions because it's, that's what it is. So basically distinguishing, you know, the actual, scientific data versus just someone who's throwing out an opinion or like being able to really make those clear so people know okay this has backed up science behind it this is just someone's personal experience yeah and it's it's the only, one of the only industries that's not regulated because if i went and said um i don't know drink tide because it or eat tide pods because it's going to help you um it's going to cure cancer i wouldn't be able to do that and, and, but in the fitness industry, I can say like, I don't know, have matcha every day and you're going to get a six pack tomorrow. Man, like, I can say whatever I want and nothing's going to happen to me. That's, that's a good point, man. I never thought about that, but so I want to be respectful of your time. And before closing out, I have one final question. What is the last piece of advice you would give an entrepreneur, professional high performer that would help them build a sustainable fitness lifestyle? Um, you can't do it yourself um, and it's going to keep failing. So I, I would say get a professional, whether it's me or someone else, you, you need a professional. If you're, if you have a, a, a leak in your house, you're not going to try and do that yourself. You're going to get a plumber in there and you're going to get it done. So um, rather than spending your spinning your wheels for, for years and just like, just hating the process, why don't you just get it done right the first time and then be able to sustain it. So get a pro. That's great. I couldn't have said it better. The, the times I look back where I actually hired my fitness coaches, that's when I saw that huge improvement. That's when I learned so much and I was able to take my fitness to the next level. Exactly. 
Awesome. So I know that you're active on social media. If people wanted to reach out, follow your content, learn more about you, where should people go? How can they check you out? I am most active. I don't even know what I'm most active on. I'm, I'm on all platforms. So uh, <laughs> uh, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, soon to be YouTube. Um, every platform is at the fit Adam. So probably if you look it up, I'm going to be there. And uh, my podcast is called the fittest guy in the office. My website is also the fit And that's where you can find my coaching. Perfect. Easy to find. Well, thank you so much, Adam. I really appreciate you joining us today. It's been awesome talking with you. Definitely. Thanks for having me. That was huge. I got so many things from this episode. Some of my biggest key takeaways were a lot about being self-aware, learning how you really talk to yourself and how well you respond to how you talk to yourself. Or even then just about getting rid of that perfectionist mentality. Over and over and over again, the perfectionist mentality is going to come back up because it's something that has held a lot of people back. And, and I love how that led into how... You know, the root of that is where foods are thought of as good or bad. You know, that's something that I grew up thinking all the time, like, don't eat the marshmallows, but you do want to eat the broccoli as instead of thinking of it as a spectrum where it lies somewhere in the more nutritious and more aligned to your goals and less nutritious and less aligned to your goals. Doesn't mean you can't have it, but you just got to make it fit into your lifestyle. But anyways, I learned so much from this episode. I hope that you also took a lot from it. And I decided to take this a step further by having Adam and five other fitness experts being interviewed. And I asked them five questions that I wish I knew when I first started my fitness journey. I'm telling you, the answers they gave me were so awesome. And I'm putting together a course for you guys. It's a free course. You could head over to fitnessframeworks.com slash crash course to go check it out. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this interview and I'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Yo, I created a free course for you. I sat down and interviewed six fitness professionals who have delivered countless results for all of their clients. I asked them questions that I wish I knew when I first started my fitness journey. Like, what are the hidden pitfalls of someone who's barely starting out? And let me tell you, you will not be disappointed with their insightful answers. In fact, I compiled all their answers in a video format so you can consume this as a video course. So to get this free course, you can head over to fitnessframeworks.com crash course. I'll see you inside.